Let's say hi to our online crowd. We've already acknowledged them, but God bless you guys. Um, just before I get started, I'd hate to leave you guys stranded without... Uh, let me find it. Oh, there it is. I, I had this pulled up, and then I, I took it off, and I wasn't thinking, but... Um, so... In the, in the snow, and you know, I say this, and now I can't find them, but you know, this could be a good thing for you guys. Oh, there they are. I found them. I won't do all of them, but uh, why couldn't Jonah trust the ocean? Um, because he thought there was something fishy about it. I like this one. What kind of cell phone did Delilah use? She used a Sam son. <laughs> okay, why well, didn't Noah ever go fishing? He only had two worms. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What kind of person was Boaz before he got married? He was ruthless. <laughs> um, at what time of the day was Adam created? A little before Eve. Which Bible character had no parents? Joshua, son of Nun. There's your groaners for Sunday, this winter day. Oh, hallelujah, aren't you glad I'm done? <sighs> well, we've been starting this series. This is just week two of this series, and I am so stoked about it because this is about faith. This is ground floor believing. This, this has been this way. Do you know, I mean, just the thought of some of this stuff just blows my mind. Because I have been in ministry, and Kim and I, for over 30 years, and we've had faith. We've seen faith work. But sometimes, I think, just like anybody, we've got into where it's kind of like it worked, but we really don't know what did we do to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, do, I am not a golfer. I like golf. It's fun. But I'm not very good at it. Ron Clayton is good at golfing. Scott Ebert is good at golfing. I'm sure many of you out there could probably golf. I can golf, but it's not fun to watch. But every once in a while, I do something right. Have you ever done that? I hit the ball, and it went where it was supposed to go. And matter of fact, in one tournament, it was a uh, scramble where you play best ball. I hit the longest drive, and I won a golf bag just because I hit this drive from here to Kingdom come, I guess. And there are people, oh, how'd you do that? I have no idea. I, I couldn't do it again. At least I didn't in that game. I mean, I had a couple good shots, but never like that. And sometimes faith has been like that. We've seen it work, and we're like, i got to remember, how'd that happen? What, did I do something different to make that work? God has shown me something about faith that I had not seen that level before. And I want to share it with you, because it's changing my life, and I want it to change your life. And it's all Bible-based. I'll never teach you anything that's not out of the Word. Are you ready? We talked last week about faith. We talked about it being the ground floor. We talked about having, remember, not just faith in God. It's good to have faith in God. We talked about having the faith of God, that it was a God faith that God gave us. And I, I could prove it in Scripture, and I'm going to prove that to you in the word. And then as these weeks unfold, I'm going to show you just like anything else in the kingdom. Everything happens in the kingdom by faith. And faith happens by laws. If I could show you the laws, it would change your life. It'll change how you pray. It'll change how you believe. And you will see results. That's where we're heading. We've been talking about biblical truth, and we're going to jump in just a little bit deeper. I hope that you come in because the water is fine. I'm not saying if you're out there, well, he's telling us not to have faith in, you should have faith in God. But what I'm trying to tell you is you also, if you are a born-again believer, if you have asked Jesus into your heart for salvation, you don't only have faith in God because you had to have faith in God just to understand that, but now you have the faith of God. 
God gives us supernatural faith. We have the same amount, the same level, and the same kind of faith Jesus had because it's the faith of God that is given. So our first thought this morning is, it's there. You have faith. If you have asked Jesus into your heart, you have faith. And before the service is over, I'm going to pray for people, and I'm going to ask people if they want to give their heart to Jesus. If they haven't, those that are online, you have the opportunity. No, no force, no push, just opportunity. So if I have God faith, if God put faith in me, would God ever give me something that is not enough? Is he really Jehovah Jireh? Is he the provider or is he not? Because he is, I know that what I have is enough. It is, uh, I, I don't have to go that it's, it's not adequate. You know, the enemy's going to lie. He's going to say, it's incomplete. No, it's not incomplete. He's gave me adequate faith. He's gave me complete faith. And it's not a different measure than anyone else that's born again. It's the same. Hebrews eleven six. without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith is, is critical in our relationship. It's dependent on it. Faith is what brings us the things that God has provided to us from the spiritual realm to the physical realm. There's so many things happening in the spiritual realm we don't see, and we see it when it happens in the physical realm. Somebody say amen to that. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let me pause for just a moment. If you're hoping for something, you're believing for something, but if you stand and you stay in faith because you have the faith, come on, then while you are in hope and in faith, Evidence is being gathered for you. He is gathering evidence. And when that evidence has reached its point where, in other words, your belief is exactly what God's... We just sang about it. If he said it, I believe it. And when you get born again, your spirit gets connected to God. You are spirit, soul, and body. Okay, spirit, when you get saved, is what connects with God. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your body is your physical being. So when we believe God, our spirit already believes God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's connected. I don't have to convince my spirit. It's connected. What I'm convincing is my soul. My mind, my will, and my emotions to connect with what is already connected to him. If I need a healing, two out of three, that's majority. When I believe exactly what God said, because his word said it, my spirit's connected, and I get my soul on board, my body manifests what my soul and my mind and my emotions and my spirit already think. Because you're one-third Holy Ghost. Listen how quiet it is. You are one-third Holy Ghost. It's time you started telling the devil, quit lying to me, shut up. He's telling you you can't do it, you can't make it, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, you're a loser, you're this, you did this. Tell him to shut up. You are one-third Holy Spirit. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith is the victory that enables us to overcome the world. The world is the world. Everything the Lord does for us is accessed through faith. Say with our mouth, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and do not doubt. We access everything through faith. But believers, we seem to have so many questions about faith today because nobody's teaching it. Nobody's peeling that onion back, or it's just God is so sovereign, he controls everything, and que sera, sera, what will be, will be. And you live by the song of Doris Day. That is so not biblical. God is sovereign, but you have a part to play. God did create the world. 
but he gave you a free will. You do have to submit yourself to the Lord. There are things that you can do. Yes, God, if you want to say, well, God is in control of a God. Yeah, God is God. But he can't go against his own word. He set it up by laws. It's like having a computer, knowing what it can do, but not having a clue how to use it. Mom, if you're watching, I love you. She has magic, we call her magic fingers. She came over to our house once and she said, I just can't understand my phone. It's so smart, but it's not smart enough. It's just, I don't understand. And I'm trying to show her on her phone. She has 75 things open. You know, I mean, I'm like, Mom, your phone, it's too busy thinking like which of these billion things are you going to look at? So here's how you get rid of them. And she just takes her fingers and starts going, (laughs) and I'm like, stop it. We would come home. This is true. My father's here. We would come home, and the TV is not working. Nothing's working. My mom has had the remote. Magic fingers has struck again. She would say, I don't know. I just held it. It just doesn't work. You tried to call her now. It just goes to voicemail. The person you're calling has not set up a voicemail. I'm like, Mom, your phone doesn't work. I know something's wrong with it. You think? Now, she's a wonderful woman. I love her with all my heart. She is so fun. She is not good with electronic stuff. (laughs) But the Bible is our detailed instruction. You know, it used to be basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what B-I-B-L-E stood for. That's what we used to say. But it is our instruction manual. And we have to study it. The word of the Bible is life or death. But we're in a society where we're impatient. We want to do it on our own. As long as it's fast and easy, as long as we don't have to really do it, as long as somebody else will do it for us and there's really no work involved, could you do that for me? We want spoon-fed. You ever go through a drive-thru and they make you pull ahead to get your food? And you're like, I could have went in for this. That's why I came in the drive-thru. It's going to be a few minutes. You don't want ketchup. Okay, Because we live in a world where you don't have to use your imagination anymore. How many in here that are either my age or even older, you had to use your imagination with toys? You made your own noises. We made plain noises. We made all the noises. I mean, it's cool that the things make the noise, so please don't misunderstand. That is really cool. If you're a kid, that's like, got to have that. I got enough toys in my office. I'm still a big kid. I got Star Trek Enterprises that my grandson loves because he calls it the Starbucks Enterprise. (laughs) But it says things, and it makes sounds, and he thinks that's cool, so every time he's with me, let's go press that. But when I was a kid, you made your own noises. We used our imagination. Let me say this to you, and I hope you hear me. Your imagination, what you can think is your understanding. If you can understand something, then you can dream. And see, with God, he, he puts things, he puts things that will help and use your imagination. Think about the things that had to be done that were miracles that just happened. That Who would have thought of that? Throw that stick in the water and it'll become sweet. The water, not the stick. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Let's spit on mud or spit on dirt, make mud. Let's put it on people's eyes. Those that are blind will get a whole spit mud ministry going. But I mean, but God used it. Let's take these five loaves and two fish and let's feed, what do you say, 20,000 people? You'd have to almost imagine. That's why you hear me say sometimes, you, you, you might not understand everything, but if it's God, I will stand under it. Your imagination, if you let God take your imagination, you can dream again. You can hope again. Because if he gives you goals and dreams and you can do them all your own, it's probably not a God dream. We live in a society, when I was in school, have you ever heard of cliff notes? (laughs) Look at all the people. 
Cliff Notes were little booklets. If you had to read a book and you didn't want to read the book, you looked at Cliff Notes and they gave you the main points of the book, the theme of the book. But if, you, if the teacher was really an intricate teacher, they would pull things because they were smart. Anybody have some smart teachers? They'd be like, oh, Cliff Notes. They'd pull stuff out that were not in the notes, and you would only know if you read the book. Can I say, we live in a society that wants a Bible with Cliff Notes. And we just want, just give me the theme. Yeah, Jesus loves us, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's good. But if you want to know details, you got to read the book. You have to get into the book and see exactly. That's how we got onto this whole subject of faith. Because every other version that we're talking about faith, the version I'm giving you is the King James Version. I, I like the New Living Translation. I've been using that for a long time, and I like the New King James the New King James is a version that's pretty much like the King James without the these and the thou's. But even in the, the New King James, it changes the word. But in the King James, the word that we're looking is of instead of a, and it keeps it in there. And there's scriptures that back that up over and over again. And I will show that to you. So rather than just read something that's easier on my self, I want to dive in just a little bit if you'll let me. See, what we think about, about faith is kind of the issue. We either think this. We think that we have to get more. I don't have enough. Some people have a lot. I don't have what they have. Or some people have little. And we, lay, we waste time trying to get something that we already have. Every born-again Christian already has the same quality Listen to what I'm saying, and quantity of faith that Jesus has. Or that Jesus has. I'm say it. You have the same amount of faith given to you that the Son of God had, that Paul had, that Peter had. In Ephesians 2:8, Paul says, For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is, here it is, the gift of God. Now, it's God's grace that saves us. We know that. But it's not his grace alone. Faith without works is dead. We understand that. But if it was just by grace, Titus 2.11 says everyone would be saved because his grace has come, the Bible says, to all men. Our second thought this morning is if we have it, then we have to use it. We have to put faith in God's grace. It isn't our own human faith that I'm talking about. The verse says that faith is the gift of God. Now, there's human faith. There's natural faith. So that's what I want to kind of explain. Human faith or natural faith is faith that is served by your five senses. Seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling. Every human being has that. Just natural faith. It's supernatural faith that comes to those that receive the good news, the Bible, salvation. Human faith believes what it can do with the five senses. If it can see it, I believe it. Because in human faith, seeing is believing. In God faith, believing is seeing. Natural human faith, we could sit in a chair because... Natural faith goes by experience, by stuff that we know. I could sit in that chair. I know that chair will hold me. I've sat in a chair just like that thousands of times, so I know that will hold me. So that's natural. We'll get on a plane. We can get on a plane, and we'll fly. We don't really understand how, like, this millions-of-ton plane can go in the air and trust a pilot that we don't know, just trusting and believing by natural faith that he's been to school to know a thing or two. And we get on a plane and go. That's human faith. But if I ask you to sit in a chair you couldn't see, I would demonstrate it, but that wouldn't be good. What if it was missing a leg? And it had three legs, and you could see it had three legs. And I'm just saying, here, go ahead. I'll hold it for a second until you, you sit down. Then I'm going to let it go. You'd be like... 
It's not my first rodeo there, Billy. I'm not going to sit down. You wouldn't fly a plane if you could see that the plane had engine trouble or it had a flat tire. I was in an airport and I was, I can't, I don't know, was I going to Florida? Maybe I was going to see dad or something. And the plane was delayed. Mechanical problems. That's always fun. And it was delayed for hours. And there was no other flight. And then somebody said, well, they're getting us another plane. Another plane's come in. They're going to regas it, and we're going to use that plane. Then they came back and said, no, they fixed the old one. You're using the one they originally said. There are people that did not get on that plane. I did. I talked to Pastor Kim on the way. She's like, honey, I don't, are you sure? How many knows it's important to have a good marriage? It's because she wanted to know that because if two agree... And I said, so during that whole time, she, we had already been talking. She knew it was delayed. And she said, Jesus, pray in the Spirit. You just go pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, God, he, you, the Bible says you pray perfectly. I don't do a whole lot of things perfectly. So that's a pretty good deal. And so I get this peace to go on this plane. So I tell her, I said, I'm supposed to still go. I'm going to take this plane. She goes, are you sure? I said, yeah. And she goes, okay, I'm going to believe with you. And we were done. So, you know, she said, well, call me when you land. I said, okay. So I get on the plane, and I go, and I sit in the back. When I fly, if I'm flying coach, I go on the back. Do you know why I go on the back? Because if you've ever seen anything, the tail is always left. I go on the back. I go on the back. Plus, it's closest to the bathroom. And I've only used the bathroom on a plane one time, I can think. And I was not a fan. You know how many people knocked on that door while I was in the bathroom? And I was only in there for a second. It's like, heaven help me. But anyway, I sat back by an elderly woman. She was wonderful. And she just wanted to talk. And so I knew I was going to talk. So I brought some stuff to I was going to read or look at. But I wasn't going to read because we were talking. But the guy in front of me was freaking out we're gonna die we're gonna die because when we took off and we hit some turbulence that plane was like and it was just shaking and i mean it was like an elvis presley song (laughs) and he is going we're gonna die we're and people are looking at him and he turned around we're gonna and i just told him i said sir we are not gonna die and he said how do you know i said because God is not going to let me die on this plane. I have a purpose, and I am not dying on this plane. That's not part of it. Are you sure? I'm sure. He turned around. True story. Another beer? (laughs) Yeah, boy. But, you know, he's freaking out because his natural faith is just like, this isn't good. But when it comes to God, we have to believe things. If you think about it, God wants you to believe things that you cannot see. You haven't seen God or the devil. You haven't seen heaven. You haven't seen hell. You haven't seen any of these actual stories that are in the Bible. You didn't see Jesus come. You didn't see Jesus die. You haven't seen sin, so to speak. You haven't seen it when he takes it away. You haven't seen it gone away. Now, you, you can believe, you can see the results of that, the demeanor of someone changed. You can see those, but to actually see that taken, it's, it's, it's a faith walk. You know, we know that everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory. We know we felt guilty. We know we felt condemned. We know how the enemy pushes us and drives us down. We, we haven't experienced it. Then when we experience Jesus, we know how we feel when that's lifted, How do we know when? Is it really gone? Did he really throw it from the seas of forgiveness? Did he, is it far as the east is from the west? I mean, the word says that, but I, I can't see it. Not with your natural eye, you can't. So how can you believe in things that you can't see? The answer is this. You can't without God. That's why you have to use the faith he gave you. Human faith won't get you there. You need supernatural faith. 
So we need the measure of faith that God gave us. We need God's supernatural faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, we are saved by grace through faith and that faith is not of yourself. So the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit draws people unto him. That's how people get saved. We have to have that God faith because we can't see all of this. So we don't even realize we're exercising it when we say yes to Jesus for salvation. We didn't earn it. We're saved by grace. First Peter says we're born again not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed by the word of God that lives and abides forever. The word seed in that scripture, there is the Greek word for spora, as where we get the word spore from how a flower pollinates. Then it also uh, it reproduces itself, and it is a derivative, spora is, of the word sperma, where we get the word sperm from. So a person doesn't come by the stork. It's not the water. Don't drink the water. The seed has to be planted. So you, just the, in that same fashion, you have to take what God has said and you have to plant it inside your heart, inside your, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. This is true. So you plant. Why does the enemy, what does he come for when I sow the word or when you hear the word? He comes for the word. Because he doesn't want you to believe it. Because if you believe the supernatural, help me, the supernatural faith that God gave you, you will believe anything. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. That's how you get born again. That seed is planted. See, people pray for a person to get saved. Now, before you shut me out, listen. You can't. You can't pray them saved. They have to willfully choose that. Do you understand that? What you do pray, now a prayer may heal. God will use that prayer, all that. A prayer may make them aware or a prayer may send a harvester to them. A prayer may make the scales fall from their eyes so they see some things. Are you with me? But they have to willingly choose to make that commitment to the Lord. I can't get into heaven because my father is a believer. I have to choose to be a believer myself. Somebody say amen to that. I've had people over the years of my ministry that couldn't have kids. Couples that came and said, we want kids, we can't. The doctor said, we can't have kids. Every one of those people that I've prayed for has kids today. Amy and Jay, where is Amy and Jay? Amy and Jay, they, we can't have kids. The doctor said she can't have kids. Sonny's in the nursery right now. And he is one of the happiest kids you ever want to meet. He comes in on Sunday morning. He's, he's just stepping and hopping. He's got hair like Samson. He, they need to get him a hammer. They, Sonny Thor Ray. Is, uh, change his name. But he is one happy kid. Now, it took about 10 years for all that to happen. But now listen to what I'm saying. When people are like, okay, when I pray for them, the woman doesn't get pregnant when I pray. There still has to be a seed planted. And they ain't coming from me. So, most couples are pretty willing to do their part. Just saying. So prayer can soften their hearts. It can bring a harvester. It can draw their attention towards God. It can have them be more aware of a situation. It can tell them an active part, whatever that is. Prayer can be a path of a needed miracle because some things just, they need a creative miracle. Some things are, you know, I heard a story of a minister, a matter of fact, it was Andrew Womack prayed for somebody and they were, they were blind and he kept praying for them and their eye didn't open because he was praying. Listen to what I'm saying. We'll get into that later. But he's praying and he's praying and they're like, I, I can't see. And so, He's like, mm. so he's praying in the spirit, and, and basically, if I get this right, he goes and says, what is going on? Basically, what are you not telling me? And they said, oh, well, part of my retina is gone, and part of this part is moved. We don't, I don't have this. I wasn't with this. He said, well, you don't need a, a healing. You need a miracle. You need, now, listen, if you need a miracle every week, you live from crisis to crisis. But if you, if you want to live blessed, you don't have to have a miracle every week. Because you are living the life God has called you, and he provides in that. So he said, I'm going to, so he changed his prayer, and he prayed for a miracle 
And God gave her a new retina, gave her new whatever she needed, and then he took his hands off and she could see. We have to understand there are things that God created that work the way they work. And we have to say, okay, electricity has laws. You don't even have to be an electrician, but if they say connect this wire to this wire and this and this, if you do it right, you'll have light. If you do it wrong, <laughs> you'll be shocked at your answer. You'll get a charge out of that. The light will be on, but nobody will be home. According to Peter, you have to have the incorruptible seed of God's word planted. So every word that God has and that God says in his Bible are containers of faith. Are you getting it? Romans 4, 17. So faith, God said, well, this is what he says in this. Calleth things not which be as though they were. So faith goes beyond what you naturally can see. God's faith operas, or operates supernaturally, beyond the limitations of what my natural mind and my natural senses, and the enemy works in the five sense realm. You need to understand that. But Jesus not only died for our sins, he gave us a supernatural faith so we could receive what he did so he could apply it. We need the faith of God, from God, that he gave us to believe. I can't really make it any simpler. I started seeing that going, wait a minute. Ephesians 2 says we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, but a gift of God. So for salvation, God gave you his faith because you can't see God. You can't see him take sins away. You didn't see Jesus die. You have to believe what the Bible says. It's going to take supernatural faith for you to make that connection. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Believe what? What that says. I can't see that. Mm. It's a game changer. Your salvation is from God, totally. You have to receive it. You have to be drawn by his spirit, John 6, 44. If you're born again, saved, not by using your faith, but you were using that God, the faith of God. You had to believe to receive. Galatians 2, 16 says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So he's using of and not in. Other translations use in, but the King James uses of. It's major. Listen to verse 20 of Galatians 2. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. A couple of these you might not have, guys, just so that I might have threw these in. Uh, liveth in me, that the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. From Romans, it speaks about God supernaturally blessing Abraham and Sarai, or at that point, Abram and Sarai, and they changed their name to Abraham and Sarah. Abram was 100, Sarah was 91, and before Isaac was born, he didn't have a child by his wife. And so God told him that he, there's a child coming. Do you know it was like 25 years before the child got there, but he got the promise from God. And the Bible says Abraham didn't falter. He just believed because God said it, it's done. So Abraham literally means father of a multitude or father of, so of nations. And so God changed his name to match what God was calling him even though that hadn't happened yet. Before it came to pass, before he had kids. Romans 4, 17 explains the action by saying, God calleth those things that be not as though they were past. That's the kind of faith we have to use to receive. God, Jesus already did it. We have to understand that Jesus isn't going to the cross again. He already did that. He's not going back. If you're saying he has to go back, then it wasn't good enough. So you are already, everything you need from God has been done already. Your provision, your healing. What we have to do is then get our faith, the faith of God, to believe that we have what we have and it is more than enough. If I have the faith of Jesus, if I have the faith of Paul, if I have the faith of Peter, 
I have the same faith they have, then I can do the things that God has called me to do because I'm using his faith and I'm acting and my understanding, connecting it and using what he's given me. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we access God through his word. The Holy Spirit empowers it. We receive the truth and his supernatural faith enters us. We start activating that. I think the world has been so far away from some of this. We just, it's hard for us to grab a hold of. But God wants you to believe in him and his salvation so much that he didn't want you to say, I'm not good enough. He made sure that you were. He made sure that you had everything you needed. We receive his grace by supernatural faith. This is what's cool about this. Once we get God's faith, you get born again, you get saved. So if you don't understand born again, saved. You get his faith. He gave you the measure of faith. He doesn't take it back. You see, we, we, we think man's legalistic rules, well, He'll take it back because I'm not so good or I messed up or I'm just not worthy enough or he might, Brett's going to keep it. I'm no better than you. You know, I put my pants on just like you do one leg at a time. It's always present. There's no lack of faith with any true Christian. It's always there. Now listen to what I'm saying here. But there is a lack of knowing the laws and how to use it. And it's our understanding of it. So when somebody understands the law or uses it, we automatically think, oh, they have more faith. They don't have more faith. They just understand how it works. God doesn't take back his gifts. 11.29 of Romans says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, he doesn't give, he's not an Indian giver. He's not going to give it to you and take it back. 12.3 of Romans says, God hath dealt to every man. Here it is, not a measure, but this, in the King James, it says the measure of faith. The measure. He doesn't give out different measures of faith. We all received the measure of faith. When we pastored up north, we we, we had a soup kitchen. You know what that is? We fed the poor and the homeless. And most of the time, we fed them like tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. But now listen to what I'm saying. I had a ladle. They had bowls. I would dip the ladle in the tomato soup, and I would put it in the bowl. Every bowl got a ladle of tomato soup. The ladle was the measure. Are you following what I'm trying to tell you? Everybody got the same. This is what people think, and the enemy is lying to you, that when they went, when God went to give you, put the ladle in your soup, somebody went... And he spilled some of it, and you didn't get as much. That's not how it works. The enemy's been lying to you for a long time. You have the same measure. He only used one measure. All born-again believers and Christians, they have the same amount of faith. Peter said, and listen, I'm just giving you scripture. 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Jesus, to them that have attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Greek word that was translated like precious in the verse is, and I probably won't say it right. I won't even say it. I'll just spell it. I-S-O-T-I-M-O-S, which means equal value or honor. It means identical. That's what it means. We have the same faith that Peter used when he raised Dorcas from the dead, Acts 9, 36 through 42, when he made people whole by touching them. The Bible says in Acts that they just lined them up, and if his shadow came across them, they got healed. You have that kind of faith in you. When he gave it to Peter, he gave it to you when you said yes to Jesus. We have the same faith that Paul had. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of, of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He didn't say in. It's good to have faith in God. That's not what I'm saying. But he is saying I'm living by the faith of. 
The measure of faith that Paul had was the same measure that Jesus had. It was Jesus' faith. You have that measure. Romans 12, 3, we also have the faith of Jesus. We have the same measure. That's, Jesus said, you could do the same things I can do and even greater. How could that be if you didn't have that kind of faith? You see, people think, well, we just have to get in God's good graces. If you're born again, God gave you that measure. Same measure he gave me. John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. So many times, because we don't understand it, we spent their time asking, or you or me or whatever, begging, God, please give me more. I need more faith. I need more faith. How's he going to answer that if he's given you that already? I don't have. Well, here, Gibby, come here. Or what I should call you Yukon, but he doesn't have his hat on today. If I hand him my pocket knife, please keep that in your hand. And give it back to me in a minute. And, and he says to me, Pastor, can I have your pocket knife? And I just gave him my pocket knife. And I look at him funny, which is normal. <laughs> and he asked me again, please give me your pocket knife. I'd be like, dude, you are a fry short. Give me back my knife. <laughs> Thank you, J- Justin. You're a fry short of a Happy Meal. I just gave him a knife, and he's asking for it. You see, God has already given you the measure, and we're saying, God, I want more. You don't need more. What you need is understanding to use God, supernatural faith. Just let him use your imagination. What's God telling you? How do you see yourself? How do you picture yourself? It's going to take your imagination to picture yourself well. If you're sick, what's that look like to be well? I got this wrong with me. What's it look like to have that not wrong with you? Well, I, I, I can't do this. What can you do? When I pray for people, I'll ask them that. And you've heard me. If there's ushers and they hear me and people, I say, what, what can't you do? Well, I, I, can't, I can't bend to my side. Well, let's pray for that. Bend to your side. I can't. Bend to your side. I can't. I can't help you. And they'll bend to their side and go, oh. And I'm like, yeah. Because that's what God does. He's not looking for your natural. Everybody has natural faith. You have to tap in to the faith that he put in you when you said yes to Jesus. You see, all this time where you've been saying, I can't do this. I don't know. I'm not good enough. That is a lie from the pits of hell. You are good enough. Jesus, the righteousness of Christ, the blood of Jesus, that's how we're good. We have the same faith that Jesus had. He's already answered that question. Why well, don't I have to give, give me more? Give me more. You don't need more. Jesus did say he'd never seen such faith as the centurion manifested. M- M- Matthew 8.10. He spoke to the disciples that had a little faith. Matthew 8.26. He's speaking about how much faith he saw. It's not how much faith he had. How much he saw. You see, it's, we have to understand. If we understand it, we'll see more things. Let me try this side. If we have to understand it, we'll see more things. In other words, if we start using what God gave us, we will see manifestations. We will see healings because it's not of ourselves. It's of God because it is the measure he gave me. I'm tapping into the supernatural measure he gave me. It's not my faith. When I pray for people, I move on to the next person. From that point, I have done my job. Unless he sends me back to pray again, I'm moving on. From there, they have to ignite with God or, or connect. Because like I said, if you're saved, you're one-third Holy Ghost. We all have been given the measure of faith. What we see is others using, it's just it's manifesting more because they have greater understanding or they know how to tap into the kingdom with that where we're still struggling. Does that make sense? Most of us don't doubt that faith works. We just tell ourselves we don't have enough, or that just works for him or her. We just don't have enough to get the job done. If Satan can keep you believing that, he'll do it all day long. 
but he is a liar. Kick him out. The truth will actually change things. Now, you can call this book Philemon. Some people call it Philemon. I don't know what the proper pronunciation is, but 1.6 says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Brett, what's your point? Paul isn't praying that Philemon or Philemon will get something more. He's saying he will, you've already got it. You'll understand what you have, and you will use it to the fullest. Acknowledge what you already have. The, the word acknowledge means to admit, recognize, report, the receipt of. If you can acknowledge it, you, I mean, you're already having it, so you acknowledge that. Then faith begins to build. We already have the faith of God. It will begin to work when we do our part and activate it. But we have to acknowledge that it exists. You have to acknowledge that when you're like, I just don't have the heart to believe. Quit trying to use your heart to believe. Use God's faith to believe. Start leaning on something bigger than you. God says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The God in you is bigger than anything the devil can come up with. You need to just understand. You need to lean on him. You don't have to understand at all. You can trust in the Lord. And he has given you the measure of faith. He has given you what you need. You have to believe it and activate it. The devil is doing his best to try to get you not to believe it and activate it. That's all he wants. If he can stump you, he's got you. Even if he can't take you to hell, he can keep you miserable until God comes to get us. Now that seems harsh, but it's just truth. Tell that booger to get out. And kick him out and tell God, you come in, you've already in there, I'm going to let you be at free will in my house. The better and the more you know about faith, the better off you are. How it works. And you will see results. I promise. If you keep believing, you keep trying, you don't give up, you have what it takes. This is my pledge to you. I'm going to do my best. In the next several weeks, I'm going to try to teach you as many, or what at least God is showing me, the laws of the kingdom. I've done it before, but I think we're even going to go deeper. But I'm using faith now to greater measure than I've ever used before. I've seen God do incredible miracles. I've, I've seen demons leave. I've seen legs snap. I've seen... Lumps grow, go down. I've seen rashes disappear. I've seen eyes open. I've seen ears open. I've seen all of that. And that's been amazing. I've never raised the dead. Of course, it's Jesus that's raising that. But he's never used me to do that. But I'm not saying no. I believe that this church, God is about to put on the mat. Not because of me. Not because of her, but because of him. I know somebody greater than COVID-19. I know somebody better than any variant that comes off of that. I know where I can get my booster. I told you this story and then I'm closing. I told you the story I was in the barbershop staring at the picture. It's probably in the 90s. You know, where you stare at a picture long enough and another one comes out of it. And it's hidden inside a picture. When I was a kid, they had a magazine. I forget what it was called. But you found the hidden pictures in. And I always loved that. I'd circle them. I'd always, that's why I'd always go to find the hidden pictures. Um, but this one, you had to stare at it. It was, it was hidden in there more than those. And it would come out. And I, I gave you that story. I don't feel I'm supposed to go into depth with that. My, my point is this. We've looked at this the same way for years. And we believe it. But what, what if God is saying, I want you to turn a page. I have something else. Not new to him and not out of the book. It's out of the book. It's not from the world is what I'm trying to tell you. It's from the book. It's from the Bible. But if he says, you've seen this this way for so long, and that's true. But what if there's more? 
What if you've just scratched the surface? What if... I'm going to come down front. I don't remember all the details of this story, but it was all very quickly. They visited some elderly woman. She was bedridden, and the queen had visited her, if you remember the story, and she had a document on her wall. And she said, the queen gave that to me. And she, she'd been living poor, it was terrible conditions, had no money, it was completely busted and broke. And somebody came in to see her and they saw this document she had framed on the wall and she said the queen gave that but the lady couldn't read so she didn't understand the person that read the document said do you know what this is she said well the queen gave that to me i don't know it's just an award or something she said no this says you have part of the inheritance you could get as much money as you ever needed you so for 20 years this lady lived in scum and poverty where the whole time she had something on her wall that could have taken care of everything. It meant a lot to her. But she didn't know what was inside it. What if God wants to share something that's inside the book that'll take you on a journey that you've only dreamed about if you'll just believe Him for it? Not the belief that you've had. Not that that's wrong, so please, no condemnation but maybe deeper. God, I struggled with this. And God said, I got that. Do you realize that Peter, the same faith Peter had to walk on the water, you have? Wow. Same faith raised people from the dead, you have. Isn't it time that we started believing God for the measure that is already there and activated. I believe we're gonna see testimonies, we're gonna see healings like we've never seen them before. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?